You're listening to The Empowerment Project. I'm Nicole Dargi, an empowerment mentor for men, women, and teens. I teach yoga, I take women on retreats, and I help teens realize their self-worth. All right, so we're ready to roll. And today I am so excited to be joined by Charlotte Pinto. She is a trained youth mentor, a certified women's life coach, sacred circle facilitator. She's the author of the book, Simply Sacred Self-Care and the creator of First Moon Circles, which I'm at the moment participating in the course. I'm so excited to have you as my guest. And um, this course celebrates girls through their menaka and rite of passage. Charlotte is, a pas- is passionate about empowering girls and women to connect and celebrate their divine feminine magic. And I love the way you've spelled magic. It's M-A-G-I-C-K. And ancient wisdom and sovereignty through cycle awareness. Sacred self-care and honouring the rites of passage. So her mission is to guide girls and women to remember and to reclaim their personal power, their worth and their potential. And as a mother to three daughters, Charlotte digs deep from personal experience to fuel her vision for holding sacred space, to support others in the way she wished when she was journeying through her own rite of passages. So Charlotte also coaches women one-on-one, offering magic mama sovereign woman. And I might add, she also spells woman with a W-O-M-X-N. I love that too. And is welcoming passionate visionary people to learn to hold their own menarch cycles in her first moon circle facilitated training. Just as I said, I'm doing that at the moment with Charlotte. Couldn't be happier to have you on the show. Uh, so we will tell you more about where to find her at the end, but I'd like to introduce Charlotte. Thank you for coming today. I'm so excited to have you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a real joy. I'm so excited to have this chat. Yeah, me too. And I'm dying to get your message out there. I think it's so important for girls and for mums. Mm-hmm. And before we dive into all of the beautiful nitty gritty details of everything that you do, um, I would love to hear about you and your journey and, um, you know, your background and, you know, how you came to become this amazing, soulful earth mother facilitator (laughs) that you are. (laughs) And you've got a beautiful English accent, this beautiful English rose. Tell tell us a bit about you and your background, Charlotte. Oh, thank you. That's, uh, that's really funny um, to receive, um, but that's how you, (laughs) how you see me. Uh, Thank you. That's lovely. Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm English. I grew up in Nottingham in England and um, I moved um, to Australia sort of full-time with my husband, who's uh, from Sydney. Um, after quite a bit of back and forth, we moved. We've been here coming up to nine years now. So, yeah, I'm a proper Aussie citizen these days, and I've got three little girls who are all, all Aussies. Um, yeah, and we, so we lived in Sydney for a bit, and then three years ago moved down to the Southern Highlands um, just after my second baby was born. Um and until that point, I'd been working in education since I um, graduated from bio, um, university. I did a degree in biology, which um, 
I really want I really felt this, you know, call to do something for the earth. I think it was like I wanted to work in environmental biology and I wanted to, you know, do my bed and do conservation. And I was super passionate about it, but, you know, I didn't, I sort of had to do all the, all the other stuff as well, which was, you know, really hard and uh, statistics and uh, you know, chemistry and all that jazz. So at the time I sort of, finished my degree and thought, oh, I'm not really sure. You know, it was very hard to get a job in conservation and all of that. So I ended up um, actually parking all of that and backpacked for a while and then moved into working in universities in education, which was just something I fell into. And it's kind of been a bit like that throughout my whole <laughs> working life. And, you know, I know lots of people do, but, you know, I haven't been one of those per- people who've set out and gone, I know exactly what I want to do. And, and, you know, that's my life mission. You don't, I don't think, you know, we, we raise our kids to work that out by the time we leave school, you know, they've got to know what they want to do with their life. And I just don't think that's realistic. We um, no. aren't, you know, we've not lived enough to work out what our, our skills are and our passions are and our gifts and, you know, to work out what really matters. So, and I just don't think we approach it on that way anyway. It's more about what are you good at? So anyway, that's a whole different story. But um, (laughs) I, uh, yeah, so I found myself in this, what started off as a temp job after I got back from backpacking um, at a university um, in Birmingham, um, standing up in front of uh, a room full of university students holding workshops um, to help them with their own confidence, emotional intelligence, helping them to draw out their own skills and their gifts and and to see their worth, to help them be able to transition out of university into the working world. You know, and I I realize now that that's that's a rite of passage too, that, um, you know, at the time students weren't really getting the support to do that. And what we were doing was quite novel at the time. Um, so yeah, just really helping, you know, these young people to see, you know, all that they had within them and they just couldn't see it. You know, they they were like, Oh, I've never had a, you know, a proper job or I've, or, you know, I don't, I don't have, um, I'm not confident enough or I've, you know, not got that skill set. And it's like, you know, you've got, you're, you're a whole person. There's so much there. So yeah, I actually really loved doing that. Um, and completely surprised myself. I was terrified of getting up in front of a room, but was pretty much pushed to do it because um, I needed somebody to take on the job. I was a ca- casual and became full time. So I did that for a while and I just loved it. And then I was given this permission to start creating new subjects. So I started writing the workshops and just kind of, you know, I was young as well. I was only about three years older than these students. Um, You know, so part of me was a bit like, who am I to do this? But then, you know, I'd got at that age, you know, like three, three years experience and I'd been backpacking and worked quite a lot already. You know, I started working when I was quite young, but it's in casual jobs, but, um, you know, had done different, different jobs in different kind of industries already and around the world. So I think they sort of looked to me as somebody who could translate, you know, what, what the university was telling them, um, they had to do and to kind of be real with them and I could kind of level with them. So yeah, I, I love doing that. Um, and then I moved to Australia with my husband. We just got married at that point and he wanted to come back here and 
I was really sad to leave my job. Um, and I couldn't find anything else like it here. I um, looked and looked and there was nothing. So that was the end of that. It was a real shame. Um, but I've found different jobs over the last nine years or so. Um, in all in education or working um, on delivering or writing education programs for various groups and, and, and sectors and some were students and some were professional development. Um, some have been for private member organizations and it's just been quite a mix. found myself delivering um, webinars and um, putting workshops together and writing curricula and um, a lot of the time in subjects that, you know, I really, I didn't know anything about as such, but um, sort of came with that educational overview. Um, so yeah, I think by the time I had my second baby, I was, didn't really want to go back to work and I'd moved two and a half hours south of my job, uh, which meant a long commute. And, um, I live in the countryside now, which I suddenly realized when I got here, it was like, Oh, just, um, it was what I'd been needing. Um, a bit of space, I think. Um, but it helped yeah. me to sort of reconnect with what was important to me. Um, and, I, you know, I really wanted to do something that mattered. I think at that point I realized that, you know, having a, having a very clear purpose was really important to me. Um, and I couldn't do, you know, I couldn't do a job that didn't matter or make sense or feel like it was making a difference. I hear you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I kind of, I had my second baby. I found myself living in this new area and I had knew absolutely nobody. Um, and after about nine months, I discovered the shine from within youth mental training, which you and I have both done. Um, That's where we met. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it changed everything for me. I suddenly found it and went, I found it because of a friend of mine said, I was saying, Oh, I feel a bit lost. And I've got to go back to this job that I really don't want to do and, you know, et cetera. She said, what, what was your favorite ever job? What, what, what was it? And I said, oh, I loved it when I did the workshops for the students at uni. And she said, oh, um, I've done this thing called the youth mentor training with Shine From Within. Have a look. And I had a look and it was like the universe was like singing out to me going, ah. Um, because yep, I, I agree. I felt the same. Yeah. <laughs> Amanda's uh, who runs the training um, she doesn't open her registration period for very long at all. It's like, yeah. you know, a week or two weeks. Yeah. And it, yes. I think I looked and it was closed and I thought, oh, well, that's, that's a shame. I don't know when it's going to be. Um, and then I looked again about two days later because it had really caught my attention and it was open. So that was that. Um, I jumped in and um, did the training and it just gave me a real sense of aha, uh -huh. you can do something. There is a way to do something that brings all of your skills and experience and lights you up and fuels that passion. Um, and the program was amazing and it just connected me with, you know, my why, like what is it that I want to do and why um, do I want to do it? And, you know, I just really came back to thinking about all the things that I wished I'd had when I was younger um, and wanting to you know, put together something I could offer to Amazing. make a difference. Amazing. Yeah. And it, that's been it so ever tell, since. That's right. And this is, this is exactly where you're at now is you've, you've got your courses that you have run in the past for girls. You've got your teacher training, which 
you're doing your first round right now with me mm. um, and you run women circles. But um, I'd love to hear about your personal experience running first men's circles. Um, and I noticed that you were in the newspaper, in the Southern Highlands newspaper, mm. and they wrote a bit about you and the, the great work you're doing down there with the young girls. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit about your experience of running them and the positive impact that that's had on your girls and also the mums. I mean, I, I, you know, having just started this training, I'm already changing and transforming and growing with my own relationship with my daughter and then healing this relationship, you know, with the mother. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'd love to hear oh, your own experience. I'm so that. glad to hear like that, what, Nicole. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, I started holding first moon circles because I'd been running empowerment workshops for girls, teens and tweens down here where I live in the Highlands. Um, And a mum reached out to me and she said, I know that you've been doing, you know, these workshops. Um, Will you do something on periods? And I thought, "Mm, um, (laughs) Uh, yeah, let, I don't know about that. Well, I, thought, I thought, oh, let me think about that. Like, because I was really into already menstrual cycle awareness. I'd been, um, when I tried to have a, my first baby, I came off the pill and um, suddenly realized there was way more to a cycle than just a bit of blood, um, you know, and all of um, sort of discovering all of the magic in our cycle, um, realizing all the ways that it had been um, suppressed through taking the pill um, and not being taught it. Um, So I I thought, oh, I could do something really good here. But I was just about to have my third baby. Um, So I was a little bit kind of like just winding, like I was really close. I think I was about two months away from having her. And I thought, I just, not now, like, can we park that and we'll do that later? So, um, but the idea stayed with me. It was brewing away and I thought, yeah, I could definitely do something here. And I put pen to paper to make a suggestion to this mom about what I might do. And it just all came out and she was like, that's amazing. So when it came to doing it, she was really worried. She, she kept saying to me for months, um, actually that, you know, she was not sure that her mum was, go- uh, her daughter was going to want to do it. Um, her daughter was, um, hadn't started her periods, but, you know, was quite embarrassed, quite awkward, um, really, really didn't want to talk to her mum about it. Um, thought the idea of doing, you know, a workshop or a circle about periods was just horrendous. Um, you know, thought it was so embarrassing that, you know, her mom was trying to get her friends to come too. And she just kind of was, oh, the whole thing was just too much. So this mom kept saying to me, I'm like, she's not ready. She's not ready. Not now. Um, so it got, it kept getting put off. Um, and in the end, I just said, I don't think she's ever going to be ready, but this is going to make such a difference to her. Like, I think the fact that she's not ready is even more of a reason why we need to do this for her. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. I kind of, uh, yeah, kind of pushed it a little bit and said, Let, let's, let's do this. So, you know, we set a date and um, she invited her daughter's friends and um, explained everything to the, the mums as well. Um, and I held the very first one and I was, I was so excited to do it and really um, curious to see how it would go down. Um, and the moment I started, what I realized was, so just a bit of context, um, 
I have been offering first moon circles as both private and what I call public, just for differentiation events. So public is where I would book a room, put like advertise it and be like, who wants to come? Private is where, um, like usually one parent will reach out to me and say, will you do this for my child and their friends? So it's a closed group. It's an established group of friends already. Yeah. So this was one of those, it was an established group of friends. So they all came in after school. Um, I think it was full moon as well. They're all quite giggly. Um, and I've got this room set up and I've got tampons and pads and moon cups and period pants everywhere and but I've also got like candles and crystals and uh <laughs> cards and you know a beautiful rug and cushions and we treats and um the mum had made um an afternoon tea of all red uh treats and and snacks and it was just this really it was it was a sacred space but it was it was so lovely like the girls were like oh what is this um then <clears throat> I took them through the through this this session and I'd put together and you know at first they were a little bit a little bit quiet and people were not making eye contact and they were like oh there was one who was uh exceptionally shy there was the one who was the storyteller who you know I was like ah oh, this happened to me and this happened to me and today at school you know you get your different dynamics in the group and then you had your one who was a bit of a joker and she was a bit awkward and it was just you know you get all your different personalities in the group so um it was, yeah, I, I could tell that they were, um, they were a bit nervous at first. And, you know, I said, this is my first one too. I'm a little bit nervous as well. We can, you know, let's do this together. And this is what it's about. And, you know, explained, for, I had some guidelines to create the safe space and let them know what was expected. And, um, you know, that I wanted to be the person they could ask, um, ask all the questions that they'd that they'd thought of and had been too embarrassed or shy or thought it was a silly question. And, you know, they might not have been able to ask mums, um, school friends. I was like, this is, this is your time. You can ask me, like, I'm not going to tell them what you've, um, yes. Like there's a degree of confidentiality in this room. Like, you know, your questions, I'm not going to repeat out to your parents. Um, the only disclaimer, obviously, you know, your your duty of care as somebody who's working with children is, you know, if they disclosed anything that you actually did need to report on, then that's completely different. So just to differentiate between that. But, um, you know, I wanted them to know that there's no wrong question. There's no silly question. It was, um, it was their time to ask, ask me anything. I I said, I would answer any of your questions. Um, and I think they thought, ah, okay. You know, she's, she's not sort of embarrassed or, holding any shame herself, you know, let's kind of go with this. So we did, yeah, the, uh, we did the first part, which was, um, you know, what finding out very much, what do they know? What don't they know? Um, working out where they were at, giving them the basic overview of what periods are, what puberty is, you know, what the reproductive system is, what the genitalia names are called and where things are and where blood comes from and why it comes and, you know, all of that basic Mm. stuff. Um, And then after that, we moved on to playing with period products, which was one. We did an icebreaker at the start, but this really broke the ice. It was, uh, it does every time. It's, um, you know, they, they think, oh, you know, we put tampons in, in bowls of water and they 
blow up, you know, like however many times the size. And that I'm like, so, you know, they think it's hilarious and they start trying to make shapes out of it and, you know, flinging them around. And, but I let them be silly to get that energy out of their bodies. But, you know, it's also very much like, look how much water that can hold. So, you know, that's how much blood it can hold. And, you know, just kind of using it as a demonstration experience really. And, you know, like actually getting pads and, you know, the and tampons, like how, you know, how to open the wrappers. It's, there's always somebody in the group who struggles to f- open the tampon. Open a um, tampon open, wrapper. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we think it's well, like, we don't even think of that because we're so used to it. Um, yeah. you know, all the pads, it's like, what's this, what, what's this? And what are the wings on it? And where does it go? And somebody sticks a pad to their head and, you know, just for jokes and it's just, you know, it gets quite silly, but it's really lovely. Um, you know, and then we talk about moon cups and reusable, um, pads and, and, um, period underwear. And we have a conversation about what's healthy for our body versus products that, you know, are laden with chemicals and toxins and, um, you know, what's an, what's an earth, friendly choice as well and you know the importance of that um yeah so that's so important yeah yeah um you know getting them to really think about what they're putting in or on their body um just helps them you know honor and respect their body as well you know and it's you know i think um a lot of the messaging has been um you know with tampons that we we just plug it in and get on with our day and don't think any more about it whereas actually you know they really are full of, um, a lot of the brands are full of chemicals and, um, they're not, they're not good for us. So, um, yeah. And just to show them all the different options that we've, we've got these days that didn't exist when I was young for sure. So, yeah, so it's really fun. It's a great, a great, um, great part to it. And then we move on to a bit of cycle awareness and, you know, just differentiating between, what is a period versus what is a cycle? Um, yes. Because I hear a lot of mums using period and cycle interchangeably and, you know, actually they're not the same thing, you know, and the period's just um, a few days of the, the whole cycle, which lasts, you know, about a month, um, give or take. Everyone's cycle is slightly different, but, you know, av- the average is um, 29 to 30 days. Um, and, um, you know, what, what else happens? It's not, you know, not just this blood that we have to mop up. There's, you know, so much that goes on within it and how our, en- our energy changes and our needs change and our desires change and, you know, our superpowers, um, I like to call it changes with each phase of the cycle and yes. the four phases, yes. the four main phases. And then there's the crossover days and um, sort of getting them to just get a sense of, you know, it's, we don't need to be so obsessed with this blood. It's like, there's more to it than that. And they kind of go, oh, they get a bit of context and like, oh, okay. I really love how you've said um, that the the moon cycles or the, the, the cycle of the woman should be in sync with the moon, which is actually every sort of 29 to 30 days. And when I was listening to your interview with Jane Harbert Collins, um, you were having a conversation around the the medical pill and how that's forcing your body to go into a 28-day cycle every single month. And it's basically like um, your body, you're giving your body a, a fake pregnancy sort of almost and how it alters your hormones and how that causes you to change your biology and chemistry and your pheromones and you end up 
you know, your attraction's very different to men and everything. So yeah. I was fascinated by that. But I really love that you're doing this, that you're teaching girls and that I will be teaching girls mm. exactly the same thing is that, um, you know, being in tune with your own natural cycle and in the cycle with the moon brings you to in sync and into um, a much better state of well-being. And um, mm. it's uh, it's so needed right now, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it really is. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the more that we can reconnect, you know, as women, but especially if we can reach girls before, you know, they go through this journey of, realizing that they're in a body that people are looking at and commenting on and meant to look and be a certain way. If we can reach girls before that, we can teach them, you know, the magic of, of their body and the power within their body and, you know, to celebrate it and just to look at it differently. So it's not this, you know, this thing that's kind of doing something we don't understand and it's unpredictable and it's might be causing us pain, you know, that, that, like they say, PMS is worse when we're disconnected from our body and our cycle, because we don't understand what's going on and we're not honoring what our body needs, um, through diet, um, but through, you know, activity as well. So, you know, premenstrual symptoms can be a lot, a lot worse if we're trying to push on and we're not sort of able to slow down or become a bit more reflective and within ourselves. So, you know, and heavy bleeding um, and um, heavy cramps can be really common with girls when they begin menstruating because it takes about six years for their cycle to regulate and become a mature cycle. So when we get worried that they're having really heavy bleeding or, um, you know, their cycle... Endometriosis as well. Yeah. So when they're getting like irregular periods, we need to not kind of panic and think this is them set for life. We need to give them the time and the space for their periods to regulate um, rather than thinking, ah, we need to just go slap them on the pill the moment they're kind of old enough, which happened to me. I know it happens to a lot of people. Um, Yeah, for me, I had bad skin and um, heavy bleeding and um, my mum had been put on the pill and it was just what you do. So the moment I turned 16, I went on the pill. I was on that for about 14 years or so. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. I know. I think now, and I think, Oh my God. Um, so it was a bit of a shock to come off it. I thought I was ill. I thought, I thought I was pregnant cause I was actually trying to fall pregnant. That's why I came off. I kept thinking I was pregnant because I was getting all these weird symptoms and no, it was just my body trying to detox from this drug that I'd had in my body for so long. Um, and my hormone levels were just so all over the shop. Also the pill completely wipes out a lot of your essential uh, nutrients and um, vitamins. So you have to, you really should take a lot of um, specialized women's um, vitamins if you're taking the pill, because when you come like the longer you're on it, the more deficient you get. And uh, yeah, it's not ideal if that's, if you then want to try and fall pregnant, um, it just drains you. So yeah, the pill puts you in a, like you said, an artificial pregnancy it's synthetic you know we we say that it or the doctors say it regulates your period it does not regulate your period it shuts the whole thing down Mm -hmm. it shuts your hormones down um and actually you know our hormones are really needed for 
our whole, like they influence our systems, our responses to our environment. They turn, you know, turn on our nervous system and our digestion and our reproduction and everything. I think I heard, um, was it Jane Hardwick Collins said in that interview, was it that the, um, the pill shuts down 150 odd processes within the body. It's not just, it shuts down our blood. Like if you're messing with hormones, you are messing with your whole body and you know you yes. can find yourself um depressed um like flat energy and you lose that spark of life some people get depressed you can lose your libido and your sex drive and have no idea why you're just really you know why that's gone that can be uh, yes to, due to the pill you know it, it's oh it's really far-reaching so you know i think we really need to mm. learn to uh, go to naturopaths if we've got heavy bleeding, um, you know, painful yes. uh, looking at, looking at the emotional, um, underlying emotional, um, uh, state, state of emotions within, you know, your daughter, if, uh, if she is experiencing 100%. symptoms, because that really impacts, yes. you know, your symptoms, but also looking at what's going on in the environment as well around, you know, are you stressed as the parent and is she absorbing that? And then that's affecting her cycle. Um, yes. Trying to yeah. be more low tox in the house, um, getting rid of the bleachers and the, um, you know, all the sprays and trying to use more natural alternatives and, um, chemical free shampoos, all those kinds of things can really impact, um, you know, the amount of estrogen in your system. And it, tr- it creates, um, a type of estrogen that the body can't tell whether it's, uh, like which t- there's lots of different types of estrogen. And so it, it, it's like an estrogen mimic. Um, and then it, um, impacts, yeah, all of these systems. And when you suffer from estrogen dominance, that can, cause a whole load of, um, symptoms which show up in your menstrual cycle and your fertility. So yeah, it's, right. it's so far reaching. That's, that's a big rabbit that's hole, just, isn't it? That's yeah. just health. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's definitely where you need a naturopath or a homeopath or something yeah. like that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, If you love what you've heard today, please rate my podcast and leave me a review. You can find out more on my bio link on Instagram at Inside Out Yoga, the one with the underscores. I really hope you'll get some valuable information and strategies out of this. You can read all about it on my blog at insideoutyoga.com.au and let me know what you'd like to hear more of. Until next time, be kind to yourself and each other.